Praise God. Praise God for, for this evening. Amen? Amen. Um, you know, Andre was talking about Shakespeare, and I, I just remembered my school days. Uh, you know, it, wasn't, it was a while back. Um, and <laughs> I don't know, I read somewhere that, like, Google knows everything until it's time to take a test. Amen? Yeah, so, I don't know. It's... God bless you guys in school. It's, I know it was tough for me, and, uh, but praise God we're all here tonight. Um, I don't know where that went, but anyways. Um, tonight I just want to share something that's, that was on my heart. Uh, I was supposed to share something last week. Uh, last week, unfortunately, I got sick, but praise God I got better. And um, as the week progressed, I was getting ready to share the sermon I had planned for last week. And then Sunday... Um, I don't know, the Lord put it on my heart, I had to share something else, and um, I believe that God placed this on my heart, and I want to share it with you guys tonight, and it is, who is your master? Who is your master? And, you know, we, we think about this, you know, it's a very cliche term, like, who is your master? Obviously, Jesus is my master, amen? Obviously, Jesus is, is our Lord, our Savior, but, you know, we, we ask ourselves sometimes these questions like, um, you know, I'm asking you to ask these questions to yourselves. I'm asking my, myself these questions. For example, you know, where do our thoughts go, you know, when nothing else is demanding our attention? Where do, where do our thoughts immediately go when no, there's nothing else that we can think about? Where do we spend all of our money at? Where, where do we invest all of our time? Where do, where do we invest all of our energy? And this got me thinking, and it says, um, what, what, what do we do when we say, Life has meaning if, and then also worth living if we have fill in the blank. And uh, I want to read from Romans, Romans chapter 6, verses 16 and 17. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves to whom you obey? whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Um, Tim Keller, this, this great author, once said, an idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart of hearts. If I have that, then I'll feel my life has meaning. Then I know I'll have value. Then I'll feel significant, significant insecure. And so my question for you tonight is, it's just one of the many questions I'll be posing throughout the sermon, and this question is, we say Jesus is our Lord, we say Jesus is our master, and we serve Him, we are His servants, but yet there are so many things that take away our attention from Jesus. There's so many things that we, we, we invest so much more time, so much more energy into that, that take us away from Jesus. And uh, Matthew, and as well as Luke, they warn us, and uh, I want to also read just this passage that, you know, it's going to be my main passage for tonight. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, we just put it up on the screen, Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, um, 19 through 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will, will be full of darkness. If therefore that light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. I want you guys to just kind of keep in the back of your head this last part where it says, no one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. Um, so here, here we have a scenario of two masters, right? We have, we have, we, we, we can't be torn between two masters. Let me just establish that. We cannot be torn between two masters. We can either serve one or hate the other or love one and be loyal to one and not loyal to the other. And when, when Jesus was saying these things, he was, he was speaking directly to the Pharisees. And to the Pharisees, he was saying this because they were lovers of money. And everybody knows this. The Pharisees, they love their money. Uh, and Jesus saw right through them. And he says, you know, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve wealth and serve God at the same time. Um, and the Pharisees, they, they didn't like this. They, they looked at Jesus and said, like, who, who are you to tell us that we can't serve, you know? We, 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 we want to serve two masters, you know? We, we, we don't want to serve two masters, but we, we, we want to. We don't want to serve two masters, but we, we do serve two masters. We don't want to serve two masters, but we, we end up doing that. And it's, it's impossible to be dedicated to two masters on the level of commitment, submission, obedience, loyalty. You know, we have to give a lot of time, energy, and money towards either one master or the other. So I want you guys to, to think about that. We are servants in our lives. We are servants since the day we're born until the day we die. We could either be servants to materialistic things. We could be servants to God. We can be servants to this world, or we can be servants to Jesus. So I want you to keep that. That is point one. We are servants. Uh, my next point that I want to make is, how do we determine who our master is, right? How do we know who is our master? We say Jesus is our master, but when we truly look at it, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm saying this to myself first, when we truly analyze our lives, when we truly look back into our lives and just kind of focus on, you know, all the things that we go through in our lives, all the decisions that we make in our lives, how often does Jesus come up on top? Like, Jesus... You know, I'm about to take this test. Please help me, guide me. Jesus, I'm about to make this really big life decision. Can you guide me? Or do we often just kind of say, you know what, I'm just going to do this on my own. I'm just going to, you know, God's going to take backseat, and I got this, you know. And, and there was a guy in the Bible. There's a guy named Saul. Everybody knows Saul? Amen. Everybody knows Saul? Um, Saul. So there was a point in his life where he was facing this army of people, and I want to read it. I want to read it. Um, it's going to be from 1 Samuel chapter 13, if you could all open up, 1 Samuel chapter 13, uh, 8 through 14. So Saul, he's, he's out, and he's, he's surrounded by all these people about to get attacked, and Samuel, Samuel, the prophet, gives him a commandment, and Samuel tells him, hey, Saul, um, Go ahead and wait for me seven days. We're going to come back and we're going to offer God a sacrifice and God will defeat said enemy and we're going to move on. So verse 8, then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and a peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. 
Now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal and I have not made supplication to the Lord. And I want you guys to pay attention to this. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. Now the Lord, now, for now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be a commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded. And so looking at Saul and looking at this uh, decision that he makes in his life, he's, he has a simple task, right? He has a very simple order from Samuel. Wait for me these seven days. We're going to come back, and God's going to work in a mighty way. He's going to establish your kingdom. You're going to become great in Israel, and all these nations are going to be terrified of you. But Saul, he, he makes, he makes a, a, an I decision, right? Like, we tend to make these decisions all the time, an I decision, right? I'm going to take this matter into my own hands, and I'm gonna, I feel compelled uh, to make this decision in my life because I know better, and obviously I'm surrounded by all these enemies, and if I don't do this now, then everything's going to collapse. When God specifically tells you to wait on Him, amen? God specifically tells you, hey, before you make this big, urgent decision in your life, wait on me for a second. You know, it might seem that everything's just collapsing around you. It might seem everything's like going bad, nothing's going the right way, and you're like, God, why is my answers not getting, pray- uh, uh, why is my prayers not getting answered? Why am I in this just depression all the time? Why am I just surrounded by all these, why am I fighting these battles endlessly, you know? God says, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have a promise for you, and this promise is I'm going to establish you. You're going to be great. If only you wait upon me, if only you trust in me, if only you make me your master of your life, right? Amen? Amen. Um, and so, Saul, we see, we see like an example that we, we don't, we don't want to follow in his footsteps. Um, going back to the verse of uh, laying up treasures in heaven, um, reminds me of just kind of how this verse really opened up to me. Um, uh, I was in Idaho a couple months ago, about January, we were there in January, and we went with a group of guys, um, some of you guys might know them or not, um, Joe was there, Max was there, and we visit one of those local churches down in Idaho, great church, you guys should all visit, I don't know if any of you guys been in Nampa, anybody been in Nampa, Nampa, I know y'all been in Nampa, uh, Nampa, and they have a great church down there, and it was a Sunday night, we were there with uh, Serge Rusu, did anybody know Serge? Uh, Michael, his brother, and a couple other fellows, and the pastor comes up to us and is like, hey, um, you're preaching, and he turns to me and says, you're preaching, and I'm like, this is, this is uncalled for, what is going on, I am not prepared, this is a Russian-speaking church, you guys know I do not speak Russian, um, where's my translator at, and so I'm like, Serge, you got to help me out, brother, Serge is a very wise guy, praise God for him. And Serge is like, okay, you know, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, there was this verse in the Bible that says, don't sort of treasure in heaven. Can you just kind of run it down for me and just kind of, you know, 
give me like a quick sermon that I can go off of. And so we go out in the hallway, and <laughs> he kind of gives me a couple pointers, and I'm like, praise God, sir, you're a wise man. Uh, and I just want to share to you what, 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 um, how that verse really opened up to me. And that night, I was like, wow, this, this, I, I, I completely, this is a whole, whole new level. I understand this verse. Uh, and so if we look at the verse, um, we see that in order, we go treasures, eyes, masters. Treasures, eye, masters. So we go from treasures, don't lay up treasures, to the eye is the lamp of your body, to, you know, who is your master, right? So we go in these three, um, in this order. And treasures, on, uh, starting off with treasures, we have treasures. And in treasures, we have our um, desires, our ambitions, our values, what we value, kind of like our, just our passions, and basically everything that this life has to hold for us. These are our treasures. Uh, the things that we spend a lot of attention on, a lot of money on, basically, you know, our, our one could say our just, I don't know, thing that you, you really spend a lot of time, your treasure, right? Uh, and um, your eye, your eye followed by the treasure is basically what we let into ourselves, right? The things that we consume, the things that we uh, just taking on a daily basis, the things we watch, the things we listen to, the things we read, just everything that has to do with consumption is, is the eye. And we have the treasures, we have the eye, and then finally we have the master. Um, so, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, so, our, our, our treasures that we have is directly related to what we consume. So, and then what we consume is directly related to who our master is. And then it just kind of loops around and says our master, let's say our master, for example, our master is Jesus, right? Jesus will, will affect our perspective on life. It will affect everything that we consume, everything we take in, everything, you know, we, we take in on a daily basis, the music we listen to, the things that we do, the sermons that we listen to, the songs that we listen to, the everything. So we have our, our master is Jesus. It affects the things that we consume. Our eyes, good, right? And then finally, all of these things will determine what our treasures is. So we have Jesus. He's our, he's our, our master. It'll affect the things that we let into our lives, and that'll affect the things that we, we do with this, right? We, we, knowing that Jesus is our master, knowing that we let, we, that we, all, all of our life decisions revolve around him, where do we store our treasures? Is it going to be worldly treasures? Probably not, because everything that you do revolves around Jesus. Amen? So, um, all of these things being said, we have to make a decision. At the end of the day, there's a decision that must be made as to who our master is going to be. Is it going to be Jesus? We say it's Jesus. Or is it going to be the things that take our, way, our attention away from Jesus? And that could become a master as well. Um, there's a quote I wanted to share with you guys, um, also by Tim Keller. Uh, it says, as many have learned and later taught, you don't realize Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. Um, and that just kind of really, you know, that really spoke to me. And it says, we don't, we don't realize that all we need is Jesus until that's all we have, right? That may be kind of hard to wrap your head around, 
but if you just kind of, I don't know, write it down, just jot it in the back of your brain. Once we, have all, once we have Jesus, that's all we need. We don't need anything else. We don't need treasures. We don't need nothing of this world. We, all we have is Jesus. And uh, I'm talking about decisions right now, decisions. Decisions, who, who is going to be our master? And Joe read today um, the story of Elijah, Elijah and all the prophets of Baal. And this might, while this may be like a, like a, like a big, you know, like event that happens, and all these people had to like make this like big decision after they saw like fire come down from heaven. You know, it's it's a big event, but it's like a good story that Elijah says, "Hey, enough like wavering between two masters. Enough having all these faltering opinions. Enough enough of this back and forth between gods. You know, today choose who you're going to serve. You know, and the same calling goes out today. You know, like today, as in Tuesday, who are you going to serve? Are you serving?" the world? Are you serving yourself? Are you serving, you know, money? Or are you serving God? And another, another guy I wanted to mention um, was Joshua. And Joshua, if we go to Joshua 24, um, let's all open up Joshua 24, just the whole chapter itself. So Joshua, this little backstory, Joshua gathers all the people of Israel together, and basically he just starts giving them a rundown of like everything that God did for them. Starts off by saying, you know, hey, you guys were in Egypt, you know, God pulled you out of Egypt, you guys were in all these battles, God helped you through all these battles, um, you were through all these perilous times, God helped you through all these perilous times, and, and uh, it leads to the verse where it says, you know, now, now's the time to decide, you know, who are you going to serve, but, you know, this, this verse, we, we hear it a lot, and it says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and God gives us a choice. God gives us a choice to choose who, to, who, who we want to serve. God gives us a choice who we want to have as our master. And uh, throughout the Bible, we see these stories of God just showing, like, all of his good things that he's done for his people, all of the, all of the miraculous things, all the amazing things that he's done. And then he says, okay, now choose, you know, like, he won't, he won't give you, like, a rundown of, okay, look, I did all these things. And then whatever. Now you have to choose me. Now look, this is like my resume. Choose me. You know, God says, "Okay, yes, this is what I've done, but you make the decision." At the end of the day, you have to make the decision. Are you going to follow me, or are you going to follow your passions, your desires, your, you know, whatever your gods? And are you going to serve me, or are you going to serve some other master? And tonight, I just want to I want to encourage you guys. If if you haven't already made this decision to have God as your master, tonight's a night to do that. And I'm not concluding yet, but I will be in a couple minutes. Um, so if, if we, have, if we did, did truly decide that God is our master, um, there was a few things that, that we promised him, right? How many of you here are baptized? Baptized, yes. Majority of you guys. Um, and when we were baptized, there was this line that we all shared in front of like, many witnesses. Anybody tell me what that line was? When they asked you, do you promise to serve God with what? Clear conscience, yes. Um, so we promised God when we, when we made this step in our lives, we promised Him that we'd serve Him with a clean and pure conscience. And God sees this. God sees this decision that we make and then He sees us straying from that decision. And I'm speaking about myself. I'm speaking about, you know, my life. I'm speaking... You know, I made a decision in my life way back, you know, when I took baptism. And 
I started following my own passions. I started following my own desires. I started serving, you know, other gods aside from God. And God sees this. And God, you know, throughout, the, throughout you know, the Old Testament, God, we, we read that God is a jealous God. You know, he sees us going back to, back to other gods after we have made this promise to him. And he sees that we have made this promise and we're straying from that promise. And um, I want to read a few verses that... Um, that talk about God being a jealous God. And first verse also found in Joshua 24, uh, verse 19, it says, But Joshua told the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then He will turn and do you harm and consume you after He has done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. Uh, I also want to read from Exodus chapter 20. Uh, verse 5 through 6, where it says, You shall not bow down or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. And also Exodus 34, verse 14, where it says, For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. So we see over and over again that God is a jealous God. God truly, and, and he specifically talks about the people of Israel because he, he promised them that, hey, look, I'm going to take you out of Egypt. I'm going to bring you to this really cool promised land, but there's only one uh, thing you have to do, and that is to serve me, right? And so they're like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And, you know, as time goes by, they're in the wilderness, and they're, you know, they're going through all these things, and God sees that they're like, they're, they're basically just getting bored, you know, like, how, how much are we going to eat this manna? How much are we going to eat this meat of quail, you know? And they start serving other gods. They start moving on to, like, different idols. They're like, maybe that'll help me. Maybe this wooden creature will help me. And God sees all these things and becomes jealous. Like, hey, did I not bring you out of Egypt? Did I not just do all these good things for you? And yet you're like, you're just straying out to other gods. You're, you're becoming a, and God uses, the author uses a word in there. And, um, and, and he, he, God, God sees, you know, our lives, and he sees that the things that we're doing, we're straying from him. We're, we're going about doing our, fulfilling our desires, you know, serving other masters. And our, oftentimes, these masters might even be ourselves, you know. We, we like to serve ourselves before we serve God. And he, he wants the best for us. God wants the best for us. And we continue to serve the gods that we have made for ourselves, and tonight, I just want to encourage you guys. Um, we'll be going to prayer here soon, and I just kind of want to reiterate what, what I talked about. First and foremost, that we are servants to something in our lives. We are slaves to something or someone in our lives, and whether that be God, whether that be riches or wealth or money or, you know, our, even like our education or like our anything that takes our attention, our focus, our, all of our energy away from God could become an idol in our lives. And we end up serving that idol more than we serve God. And that could be our first um, mistake that we make. Um, the second thing I wanted, I wanted to cover what, that I covered was um, we have to make this decision to, to, make, to make a decision to follow either God. Are we going to follow God or are we going to continue following uh, the, the gods that we made for ourselves? You know? And I want to leave you guys with this thought. Once we made that decision, once we make that decision, 
we can't continue to falter back and forth. You know, often we read throughout the Bible of all these people that go back and forth, you know, between God and between their sin, between God and between their sin, and it never works out for them. And we see this in their lives. What makes us think that, you know, in our lives, we can, we can you know, go to church one day, praise God one day, and then the next day we just go about forgetting until, like, the next, next time comes around. So this thought, I just want to leave it with you guys. Who, who, who is our master? Who are we serving? Who is, who is the Lord over our lives? Who, who do we turn to every time we, like, we are facing dis- big decisions we've got to make? Who are we turning to when like, our thoughts are just blank or empty? You know, when our lives are just empty, who are we turning to? What, are, what is the God that we made in our lives? Is it truly God or is it anything else in this world? And with that being said, I just want to close off with prayer. And if you haven't made that decision in your life, if you want to make this decision, we have brothers here that are willing to pray with you, that are willing to help you make this decision in your life. And let's all bow on our knees right now and, and really seek God. We're really looking outside ourselves and ask Him, where, where am I in my, in my spiritual walk with Jesus? Where am I currently? Who is my master? Who is my Lord and my Savior over my life? Let's pray.